0: not going to lie, I am a huge fan of my phone. It has become an indispensable tool for everything that I do in daily life. And definitely top 3 things that I appreciate about my phone is my flashlight. How key is it that we now have a flashlight with us wherever we go? Seriously, it's it's huge on a daily basis so many different ways in which it proves to be helpful. Probably the most key way is when I get up in the morning. Now, I uh, tend to be a, an earlier riser than than my wife, Brittany. She likes to sleep in. Now, cut her some slack. She is a shift worker, works a lot of nights, so she's often catching up for, for a lack of sleep. So we'll, we'll cut her some slack, but... But if there's any way to incur the rage of my dear wife, and, and she's such a pleasant lady. I'm, I'm sure none of you could ever even imagine her her raging. Uh, but the one instance, the one instance in which I might incur the rage of my wife would be as she's sleeping, me getting up in the morning and flipping on the light, shining brightly in her eyes, jarring her uh, awake. So I don't do that. I get up in the morning. I'm trying to... Uh, trying to find my stuff. So it's either turn on the light or you're stumbling around in the dark, trying to find the right clothes, tripping over stuff, trying to get my, my laptop, my keys, the things I've scattered on. I trip on something and, and it takes four times as long. She's like, ah, oh, just get out of here and let me let me sleep. But then a number of years ago when I got my first phone with a flashlight on it, it changed everything. Now I hop out of bed, my alarm goes off on my phone, I grab it and I turn on the flashlight and it's this small light that I can focus and light up whatever it is I need to, to look for. So I can look in my in my dresser, I can look in the closet for just the perfect shirt for the day. I can I can find my keys, I can find my shoes, and with minimal disruption to Brittany, I can gather myself to get out of our room, letting her sleep, so I can get on with the day. It's because I have that phone and I can direct it to whatever it is that I need to light up. No doubt, the flashlight on my phone has been an indispensable tool in my life. I raised that this morning or this evening, whenever it is that you choose to watch this, because in our text today, we have the image of God lighting something up for us. I'm going to get to that in, in a moment. So how is it that God actually offers a flashlight of this sort to light up what it is that we need to see clearly? The title of my message for today is Three Things that you need to see clearly. Before I proceed, I want to invite you to join us, Kingsfield Zurich Mennonite Church, at 11 a.m. on Zoom Sunday morning. we're, we're there. We're present. We're going to be hearing from a number of our young adults this Sunday about uh, what they're experiencing in this weird stage that they're in with, with COVID-19. We're going to be hearing from a few different people what it is that God spoke to them through the message. We're going to sing together, pray together. So good to see each other's faces, to worship God in community with each other. So join us on Zoom, uh, wherever you're from. Doesn't matter. If you don't have a church that you're already plugging into, we'd love to have you join us. 11 a.m. on Zoom. Message me. I'll get you the uh, the link and the password to jump in there. So, three things that you need to see clearly. We're all stumbling about right now, and maybe it feels like we're in darkness. Maybe it feels like we're in confusion. We're asking, like, God, what, what's going on? What's, what's the meaning of this? Are, are you here? Do you care? What's... What's really going on? What should my priorities be? That's another significant question that many of us have been asking. When something like this happens, it throws everything up in the air. And as it's up in the air, we're figuring out what are we going to grab back onto? What are we going to hold onto to direct our lives going forward? And, and so we are in a time where probably more than ever, we need to see clearly going forward and and so i invite you to make the most of this time seek out what is true seek to realign your life and and in our text today from god's word god is speaking this to us we see what i believe are three foundational truths for how we can see clearly in this time we're going to get to that as, as we move along but starting out in seeing these things clearly we need to ask god to turn the light on to help our hearts see what is true it's not enough just to know the right things. Maybe you've heard this stuff before. Maybe you've been a follower of Jesus your whole life. You've heard this over and over and over again. But it's still kind of up here in a head level and it hasn't made its way down the 18 inches to your heart. Maybe this is something you haven't considered for a long, long time. But you remember it when you were in Bible school as a kid. Or maybe grandma took you to, to, to Sunday school where you're seeing friends posting stuff online. You're like... Okay, so this Jesus guy, and he, he died, and he rose from the dead. Like, what's all that about? We need God to turn on the light so that we can see things that would move from the point of knowledge, knowledge and revelation about who God is. And we need our hearts, the light to be turned on in our hearts to be able to see this clearly. It's not enough to just know the right information. It's not enough to just mentally assent to a certain set of ideas. We, we've actually all seen this in celebrity apologies. Over the last number of years, there's been a constant stream of celebrities making their way before the microphone to make awkward apologies. Maybe they've been busted for something. It's been pretty pretty frequent in the last number of years of with the Me Too movement and the good things that have been emerging from that. As as uh, men have have abused and oppressed women, and 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 then they get busted and they have to they have to make an apology, and it, it's super awkward. You've seen it before. They sit there. You can tell they say all the right words. They're super lawyered up, the words that they speak, so it hardly means anything at all. And, and you can tell they're saying the words they need to say, but their heart isn't actually In it, you know that they're actually only apologizing because they got caught and, and maybe I'm a little bit cynical on this, but, but it actually seems like they're only apologizing just to get the glare of the lights and camera off of them as soon as possible so they can move on past the rage that's been directed toward them. So we've seen this in celebrity apologies, what it looks like to have the right ideas, to say the things, to have the information, but to not have their heart in it, to not have the light of their heart turned on to what it is that they are saying. And this is often what it is like for us as followers of Jesus. So often we know the right ideas, but the light of our heart has not been turned on. The eyes of our heart has not been enlightened. And so... It's up to us to invite God, to invite the Spirit of God to turn that light on so that we could feel it, that we could we could resonate within the, the depth of our bones. We could experience it rather than just knowing it, the power of what God is up to. And, and Paul speaks about this in our text, Ephesians 1.17. He's praying for the people, the people of the church of Ephesus. He's praying for them. And he's, as he's, he's writing them, he writes out this this prayer. And here's what he says. He says, I keep asking... That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Don't we want that? Like, I want to be wise. I want to make the right decisions. I want revelation. I want to know what is true. But he goes on. He says, okay, so he says, the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you can know him better. So we can know God better. And then he says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, that that light would go on in your heart to see things clearly for what they are. He knows that the people can't just figure it out on their own. He knows that you and I can't just figure this out on our own. We need the Spirit of God to come in and to turn the light on for us. And so we just got to ask him. We got to invite God to open up that door to see things more clearly. God, I said last week, he's a gentleman. He's not going to force himself upon us. He gives us the space to voluntarily respond to him and to invite him in turning that light on him. And do you remember when you were learning high school math? Oh man, those were wretched days. I was not a fan of, of math. Or maybe you remember being in algebra class and you were taught these, these algebraic principles. How's that for a good word? Algebraic principles. And and you're just like struggling and scratching your head. And you're like, oh man, like I have no idea what's going on here. I can definitely remember that. And then all of a sudden, the light turned on. It just clicks. And you're like, ah, and you start scribbling away and it's like all right i got this now you don't get that no actually i didn't really experience that either algebra never made a ton of sense okay so long division do you remember doing long division and you're just like scratching your head like oh my goodness this makes no sense and then all of a sudden for whatever reason maybe it was another word your teacher spoke maybe it's just as you thought it through more thoroughly but the light just clicked and it made sense well that's what we're asking the holy spirit to do For us now, this, these ideas that are floating around, and and like I said, maybe these are new ideas to you. Ask the Holy Spirit to shine that light, to enlighten the eyes of your heart, so that it would make sense, it would click, you would feel it and experience the beauty of these truths that we need to see more clearly. So, three things that will bring clarity and hope to your life. Three things that will help you make sense of your story in the midst of God's story. I, can, I got my story over here, but it doesn't make sense until I set it within God, our creator, his story, and what he has been doing. So Paul prays in our text. He says, verse 18, he says, I pray that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his inglorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. Those are the three things that we need to see clearly. So let's start first with hope. God has called you to a whole lot of hope. Oh, that the light would go on and that you would see that the hope that he extends to you. There's a fellow named C.F.D. Mool, and he defines hope as faith standing on its tippy toes. Interesting. Faith standing on its tippy toes. I remember uh, being in a crowd as a kid. Do you remember that? Maybe you're, you're, short in stature. And maybe this is still your experience, but I remember being short in a crowd. I remember my dad would take me to auction sales and I, I could, I could hear what was going on. I could, I could feel the the excitement and the, and the enthusiasm in the crowd. I could smell the chip wagon a ways away. And it was just like pretty cool experience. But I remember as a kid and being shorter than everybody around me, like standing on my tippy toes, looking past the shoulders, looking around on my tippy toes, trying to see what it is that was actually going on. And, and that's a little bit what hope is like. Here we are, through the truth of the gospel, through what Jesus has done, and, and, and we need this hope. This hope that says, I, I'm experiencing the goodness of God. I'm experiencing all of these good things that he's given. But I also know that there's something bigger on ahead. And so I'm on my tippy toes, and I'm yearning, straining to see what is ahead. As followers of Jesus, when we place our faith in him, when we become a part of God's family, we can know that there is a good future ahead. Paul said, the hope to which you have called, been called, he has called you to a hope, he's called you to a good future that God is going to be with us. That God's going to save us from our sin. He's going to save us from the pain of this world. He's going to renew all things, bringing the new heavens and the new earth, a perfect universe. This is our hope. We're experiencing it now, and we stand on our tippy toes looking to see more fully what is further on ahead in our story. And, And so I ask, God, would you by your spirit give us the light we need to see the hope to which we've been called? Seriously, this is a huge part in not walking through these times with fear. Having That hope. The next thing that we need the Spirit to turn the light on, so that we could see more clearly, is our worth. To feel in the depth of your bones that you are valuable, you have worth. Did you catch it in the text when I read it earlier? It says the riches. So he, Paul, is praying that we would know the riches of His glorious inheritance, God's glorious inheritance in His holy people. It says that God's people are the riches of his glorious inheritance. You are worth so much to Jesus. Do you know that? You're worth so much. Now think of an inheritance. We like to joke around with our parents about inheritance. My, my dad will be, uh, he'll kind of hold it over our heads in a joking manner. He said, oh, if you do that or if you step out of line, I'm going to yank you out of the inheritance. They'll make jokes about uh, spending our inheritance on us so that there's nothing left. For those who receive who have the the privilege of receiving an inheritance from their parents, receiving this sum of money upon their passing is a huge part of life. It can help set you up for the things that you want to become and and the places that you want to go in the life that you want. Now, in ancient times, it was huge. Family ties were much stronger, and so you were very much your identity, your your future on earth was tied to your family's wealth, your family's status. And, and so oftentimes inheritance would actually be passed to kids before the parents died, and it would be the property. It would be the buildings. It would even be the employees. It would be the livestock. All of this would be given and saying, all right, this is your fortune now to steward and to build. You're standing on the shoulders of everybody before And you're going to build this for the people that will follow after you. And so it was huge. It wasn't just about getting a chunk of money when your parents passed away. The inheritance was huge. It was incredibly valuable. People live life with this idea of passing on an inheritance or receiving an inheritance. Incredibly valuable. God says, that's what your value to him is like. You are like the riches of an inheritance. Do you believe that? Believing this truth having the Holy Spirit shine the light on this so that we understand is huge. Satan wants to tell you that you're crap. Satan wants to tell you that you're meaningless, that nobody cares, that God could do without you actually. He wants you to believe that and he is so successful in getting us to believe these lies. But God says that you have great worth. Actually, God says because he has all of these people in his family, he feels super wealthy because of you. The scriptures say that God owns the sheep on a thousand hills. Now, to put it maybe in modern terms, God owns all of the finest cars throughout the world. The Aston Martins, the McLarens, the Teslas. God owns all of those, and they're they're really not worth near as much as what you being in his family is worth. It makes God feel super rich. So, Kathy, God sees you as very valuable. Ava, the same for you. Josiah, Lincoln, Jerry. God sees your incredible value and your incredible worth, and it makes him smile. He feels rich because he has you in his family. Oh, that the Holy Spirit would shine his light so we would see and know this truth more fully. The last of the three things that God wants you to see that really does change everything, gives so much perspective on our life, is that there is power available to you. Paul says here, he prays that we would know his incomparably great power for those who believe. When we open our our lives to Jesus, when we give our allegiance to him, when we say, yeah, I want you to save me from sin, I want you to be my king, he gives us power. Now, a, a fascinating conversation that maybe you've been a part of along the way is, if you could choose any one superpower, what would you choose? If you could choose any one superpower, what would you choose some might say invisibility how sweet would it be to be invisible and just go wherever you want with anybody noticing maybe to scale any building or mountain maybe it would be to fly how sweet would that be uh, in, in, when i 'm tempted to say that my uh, my superpower would be pretty sweet if I could eat whatever baked goods I want and have zero calorie zero calories super nutritious if i 'm like gouging on a Gorging on a donut. That, that would be a sweet superpower. But actually, it would be even better just to be able to show up at whatever world site I wanted. I'm just like, yeah, I want to I hike in the Andes today, so I just show up there and start hiking. Or, hey, I'd love to be in the Amazon rainforest and just show up and be there. That, that would be an awesome superpower. So, we talk about these superpowers. Actually, when you are in Christ, God extends to you a superpower. God gives you the same power within your life. That he used to raise Jesus from the dead. Verse 19, it continues. It says, the power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead. Jesus was the perfect human. He was killed. Jesus was raised back to life with a new physical body. And that that took a lot of power. Power that only God has. I, I cannot do that. I cannot do that. If I could do that, maybe I'd march over to the the cemeteries in the area and start raising up people to have a conversation with them. I can't do that. God can do that. And so he makes that power available to us now to transform lives, to make us new. He made Jesus new. He gave Jesus a new life. He can give you a new life. J.D. Greer summarizes it this way. He says, God's power is the power to make bad things Turn into good things. Simply put, to make bad things turn into good things. That's what God did through Jesus. That's what God can do in giving you new life. And that's good news because we're all we're all in a tough spot. We all have broken lives. We have broken relationships. We have failed marriages. We have addictions. We have people that we're hurt we've hurt in ways we're ashamed to admit. We've all made horrible choices, priorities that are way out of whack, and we struggle in these things. And God says, I can take those bad things and I can make them new. When the Spirit turns on the light in our hearts, when we see this, embrace this, and receive the power of God, we have the power at our disposal to make life new. In your life, to be poured out into other people for them. Uh, You've heard me share this story before. Sorry that I guess as you have a a pass around for longer, you begin to hear the same stories over and over again. But it's such a good story. I'm just going to lift up the story of Don Hagel to you again. Don was so angry at God that for a year he drove in his transport truck with the radio turned off. He was bitter. He tells me this. He was bitter at God, drove in complete silence for a year. Can you imagine that? Don needed new life. And then the Holy Spirit broke in and the light was turned on in his heart. The eyes of his heart were enlightened and he saw the goodness of God. He received that mercy. He felt the weight come off his shoulders. And now Don sings along with wonderful music that praises God, a changed man. That's the resurrection power that rose Jesus from the dead that made Don into a new person. And it is held out to you. It is available to you. So, these are the three things. When we say, well, how do I make sense of my story? I need to place it into God's story. God's story says, these are the three things that you need the Spirit to turn the light on for you that you can see. That is that you have hope. That is that you have incredible worth to God. And that is that the power that raised Jesus from the dead is available to you. So, we always want to be asking two questions in response to this. The title we've given it is Kairos Kairos Moments. A Kairos moment, understanding that God speaks at particular points in time. So our Kairos moment, we ask, God, what are you saying to me in this? And how is it that you want me to respond? In our Zoom worship gathering, Sunday morning at 11, we're going to be having two individuals, Greg, or sorry, Rachel Mason, and also, let me jog my memory here, Rachel Mason and Jenny Yutzi are going to be sharing their Kairos moment stemming from the truths of this passage. And so I invite you to answer that same question. What is God saying to you through this? And how is he inviting you to respond? Because he wants to make his story your story. He wants to show you the way to live. So how do we respond? I think the most natural response, actually, is to join with Paul in prayer. Paul's praying this. He's saying, I pray that the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, would give you revelation and wisdom. I pray that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened. So let's, let's pray together for that. I, I have this vision of, of myself, of us being a people, living with vibrancy of being a people who live as peace, who aren't shaken by the anxiety around us, who aren't shaken by what people think or don't think about us. We want to keep growing in this. And it's through the eyes of our heart being open, that that, light being shone for the eyes of our heart, the spirit turning on that light so that we can see this. God invites us to engage in the process. James 4.8 says, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. He doesn't force his way into your life. If you say, God, I don't want you, I'm fine the way I am, It's it's all good. Um, I, I, I don't want you in my life. He will respect that and he will step back because he's given you free will to choose. But God says, if you open out your life to me, if you say, God, I want to know you, if you draw near to God, if you ask the spirit to turn that light on, he will answer that prayer. So the three things you need to see clearly that you have hope, that you have incredible worth. And that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is available in your life. And I'm excited to see how this truth can work out in my life. I'm excited to see how it can work out in the lives of each of you as we call on God. So let's join with Paul and let's uh, let's pray together about this. Holy Spirit, we invite you to turn on the light in our hearts. We invite you to illuminate things for what they truly are, to illuminate these truths, God. And, and, and we confess that we struggle. God, it's so hard for me some days to believe that I have worth to you. I believe the story of all the things that I suck at. God, sometimes it's hard for me to see beyond the circumstances right now and to know that I have hope. Sometimes it's hard for me because of my fallenness, because of my sinfulness, because of my idolatries. It's hard for me to believe that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is at work within me and the lives around me. And so, Holy Spirit, I pray that you turn on the light, that I would grow in conviction, that I would grow in experience of this. I would say, yeah, God, you're at work and you're changing me. So come, come, God, we pray. God, we pray for new stories to emerge stories of your changing work stories of that light being turned on we want to be with you we want to be like you thank you so much for your grace and your mercy god i pray for anyone who's listening here who's never invited you into their life and 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 so god i pray that you would speak words of life over them i pray that you invite them into faith into repentance to turn away from their own path and turn toward your path call us to yourself god we love you we want more of you in our lives. Guide us in these days. Thank you so much for the truth of your scripture. Thank you for the things you've given us to see clearly. Guide us in these days, we pray. Amen. All right. Thanks for joining me again. I'll repeat, we would love to have you be with us Sunday morning, 11 a.m. on Zoom. We've got a kid's uh, Sunday school time starting at 10 o'clock on Zoom as well. Like I said, message me, message our, our social media platforms if you need the link and the password wait, don't wait till 11 o'clock to message that. Send it maybe 10, 15 minutes before just to make sure we can get that information to you in time. All right. Good to be with you. May God be with you in these days. Take care.